0: Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Today's visitor to the island is one of Ireland's brightest young artists. A singer-songwriter rapidly gaining a big international reputation. Award-winning performer, he supported Sam Smith and Ed Sheeran before headlining himself at the Three Arena in front of a massive home crowd. It's a pleasure to welcome Dubliner Gavin James. And Gavin, you've been singing since you were a, a youngster, haven't you?
1: Uh, since I was about... Yeah, yeah. It's it, it been a while. Um, Still learning um, but yeah no, I've, been, I've been doing it for, for quite a while and then uh, I think the, the way I kind of learned it, the thing was through the pub gigs and stuff I mean cause I, was, I was saying to you before we were talking I was doing all the Fesh Kjolls and stuff when I was a kid that kind of got me into music at the start but yeah singing has always been the main thing.
0: But you were on stage at that stage were, were, were you competitive in the Fesh Kjolls or did you just perform?
1: I was quite a bit, like I was doing the and Boatman and all, I was kind of like trying to, I used to come home in the car and used to play like Led Zeppelin on the tin whistle as well, so I mean, it used to be like blaring away in the back of the car, but uh, yeah, I eventually got a guitar and the guitar was kind of the way to go then
0: after yeah. that. But, but there was music in your family obviously that brought you to the Fesh as well.
1: Oh definitely, I mean my, um, my sister was a gospel singer, my mum and dad, I think the tin whistle was just the easiest thing for me to play when I was eight. Because I had small hands, so I was trying to play the guitar and stuff. But Tim was kind of the one thing I could get some sound out of, and I could uh, kind of find if I had an ear for music or anything. But um, yeah, it was definitely a good little intro into what music could be but, uh Yeah, it was great. My sister kind of taught me how to sing as well while I was doing that. So.
0: And when you say she taught you how to sing, how how would that come about? What was the? She's Nell is in London, but she was in the Dublin Gospel Choir and then
1: she was in the London Gospel Choir. And then uh, she's a beautiful singer, like she's a gospel proper. Like yeah. she like sister act tour around Europe and everything. She She's, a, she's an incredible singer. So uh, when I was a little older, I think I was about 12, she used to kind of teach me how to play little, little ins and outs of singing and stuff. But um yeah, so I got loads of bad habits from doing um, some of the pub gigs in town. Um But I got out of them eventually. But, but yeah, it's uh, she was great to teach me and all that stuff.
0: And when, and when you started your first teenage band, how many of you were there?
1: Three of us um, at the start. I mean, we had no bass players, just two electric guitar players. That wanted to be louder than each other, and, uh, and a drummer, <laughs> and a drummer, and a drummer, and none of us really sang. I remember the gigs. I used to do gigs in Daly Mount Park in Pittsburgh, yeah. I think I was 13 at the time. So like we used to go there, and we used to like pack out the place with all of our mates from from Cabra uh, uh, and from Ashington and stuff. And uh, it was gas because we used to do like free all right now, but I didn't know the chorus. I wouldn't. I didn't know like some of the verses, so I would just stopped singing and I, <laughs> I just start wailing away on the guitar. But, I was definitely I was more of a guitar player than a singer when I was younger. Though.
0: And that was indoors under the stand, was it? Not out in the pitch.
1: It was down. I was thinking about
0: a hundred people in the room in the pub downstairs. Yeah. But um, it was great
1: crack. I used to every kind of like every couple of months we used to go there on a Saturday night. It was great.
0: And and were you making a couple of bob out of it? No, nah, nothing at all. Yeah. Nothing at all. A few beers, I think. But that was it. Yeah. The two lads who were with you are they still in the band?
1: No, uh, Ian. I think Ian uh, has his own company now. Um, and Joel is a, now he is he does fitness, he's like a fitness instructor. Yeah. So we all went different ways. But um I've been in bands with so many people since then as well. So I've kinda of been thrown around in bands as guitar players, as bass players, as singers
0: and stuff. So Yeah. And Gavin, writing songs, we did you start writing as a youngster?
1: Yeah, I think well, the first one I wrote was when I I think uh, it was a it was a rip off of Green Day, Time of My Time of Your Life. Yeah. It's like a total rip off. So the first one I wrote, my sister was really nice, she said it was great. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I kind of started writing properly. I think when I was 13, and I got really into it. I think I listened to, started so listening to Bob Dylan, and I uh, got really into acoustic guitar and finger picking and different like kind of ways of playing the guitar. So I got really into songwriting from Cat Stevens and Bob Dylan and stuff.
0: I often wonder, like, you know, 13 or 14 year old, are you self-conscious? Singing to your friends, uh, I've I've written this. Or how would the friends react?
1: I I to be honest, I I always just I, I sang to everybody. To be honest, I always wanted to just sing every time there was anywhere. Really, I remember singing like Tenacious D when I was twelve. There's like a real dirty Tenacious D song that you shouldn't really sing when you're twelve years <laughs> of age. I remember going to my uncle's house, and my man dad were like, "Play that Tenacious D song there," and I like. <laughs> And a, I used to always just love singing, taking up the guitar and singing. Yeah. But um yeah, even when I had the songs I used to play in the band, we had more rock kind of uh, like Wolf Mother. There was a band called Wolf Mother, very yeah. uh, like influenced by that kind of music and Led Zeppelin and stuff. But uh the lyrics absolute like didn't make any sense, the lyrics. But, um, <laughs> but they were fun, you know.
0: Yeah. Now your first your first musical choice is is Pearl Jam. Tell us what's the story behind this one?
1: Uh Pearl Jam, I think I love that that album. Ten was my favorite album. It was my going to bed album. I used to listen to it every every night when I was going to bed, and uh, I used to listen, nearly to listen to the whole thing, and then fall asleep. But um, that whole album, just the way it was recorded and stuff, it was like most of it was live. It was recorded in ten days. It was just, I think it was my introduction. I was more of a Pearl Jam fan, and like I loved Nirvana. I loved all Alice in Chains, but Pearl Jam were kind of my kind of buzz, like the nineties kind of buzz. So I, I loved his voice as well. Eddie Vedder's voice is just insane. But yeah, even the guitar solos, I have demos at home of like I think I recorded that whole album in my shed as well. <laughs> I did like covers of that all the songs in that album in my shed, so I need to dig them out. But um, yeah, that was I used to even sing. Exactly, like you know, the kind of nineties voice where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, the kind of really <laughs> real nineties. I used to sing like that as well. So, um, but yeah, that they really got me into that sort of music. So I think that Why Go, Why Go song as well, and like all the songs in that album are incredible.
0: Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio One. That's Pearl Jam the choice of today's guest singer-songwriter Gavin James. Gavin you speak with such a, a wild passion for music. Listen to everything before you went to bed etc. Did music dominate your teenage years rather than school?
1: Um uh, yeah, definitely 100% school is not really my kind of buzz really. Um, I and I just had big, long ginger hair going down to my ass. It was, it was uh, <laughs> we used to have to walk around tight back in school, look like a goldfish and everything. But it was, um, yeah, used to, music was just the main thing, really. I think I knew when I was younger, when I was in first year and second year, I knew that I, school, I, I did i was I was a bit of I I wasn't really a messer. I just didn't really try very hard. Yeah. I used used to like just cycle into Waltons instead and uh <laughs> play the guitars and everything. But uh, yeah, I think when I knew what I wanted to do, I was kinda happy that I wanted to pursue something in music, even as a young kid, I always wanted to do something whether it be teaching it or. Playing in the pubs or, or anything,
0: so I, <laughs> I would have been happy either way. And and the teachers didn't put you under pressure or anything because of that, did they?
1: You know, I I, I had a few teachers that were like, oh, you can't be doing it. like it's, yeah. it's a tough, uh, tough old game. That music, team, that game, it's tough game. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> I, I didn't really care else. I was just kind of I not wasn't really much into history or maths or anything. I know. Yeah. You
0: know? no. Well, they weren't wrong yeah. either. But I mean, luckily, it turned out well for you. When when did you when were you kind of professional, as in? You, when you finished school, were you straight into performing?
1: I mean, when I was in sixth year, I was kind of playing in pubs already. So I was doing about four nights a week in in in, in town. Like, so I used to go into school. I used, I, I think I missed most of sixth year. I, think I was yeah. in for maybe a month, and um, just from I was just gigging all the time. I kind of like I was I was especially when I was I think I was only eighteen, and I was already kind of doing four or five gigs a week. And I was I was kind of first time ever like making my own kind of money as well. Like uh, going out and playing. It was like 50 quid a gig or something like that. Some of them might have been 70 quid or something. But I used to, uh, even just having that freedom of going out and knowing that you, you can do all the gigs. And then when I finished school, I ended up, I think the most we did was maybe 13 gigs a week at one point. And that, that lasted for like four years. And then I went to college for a couple of months, I think. And then I was enjoying myself too much, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I was in, I was like 19 years of age in Temple Bar, having a great time. <laughs> um I was 75 quid and free beer. And it, was, it was fast. So like... As I did that for four years, and then I kind of, when I was 21, I kind of decided to knock it on the head and kind of start doing my own songs. I went up and down the country, met my manager Edison. Then he, we just got signed to a small label, and I kind of all took off from there. One
0: song, one song led to another, and I kind of. Well, say hello, the turning pointer. That
1: was the one, yeah. I think that was the song that kind of, the first song that ever got played on Irish radio. So when that kind of happened, I, uh, it was a roll on and then we did Whelan's and then the Academy and then I kind of decided to do a live album in Whelan's about a year after that. And then we got signed to Capitol Records in the States and then it all kind of rolled on after that.
0: So It's extraordinary. I love the international success. Tell us about going to Brazil, Gavin. Madness.
1: Yeah, Madness. I loved it. Just, <laughs> out and nowhere, like it was so strange. It was um, it was amazing. I got, I got played on this TV show. It's like a telenovela called Pegat and uh, one of my songs called Nervous got played on it and uh, I wasn't really aware of how big these TV shows were in Brazil yeah. they were like because there was 200 and something million people live in Brazil like 100 million people watch these TV shows and, I was, yeah. and every time this like couple they're like a love interest every time they looked at each other my song would play it was like woo, woo. <laughs> so over the course of an episode it played like five times so that when we were coming home from Sao Paulo I think me and my manager Edison were in the airport and we asked some fella because we had no service on our phones to kind of check the iTunes and check the charts and we were like as we were getting on our plane we were number one in Brazil and then we landed and it was on all the radio stations in Brazil. It was just, it went mad over there. And then always went mad over there. And then that kind of translated to Portugal as well. And then it kind of trickled away in that way. But it's an amazing place. Brazil, it's incredible. So it had, I can't wait to go back. it would be one of the first places to go back to after all this is over, I think.
0: Well, it's extraordinary. But did they ask you to perform on the TV show?
1: Oh, is, yeah, it was hilarious. Oh, my God, it was gosh. I was meant to say, um, hey, Louisa, this song is for you in Portuguese. And uh, it was like in this like fake hotel. The sets were like mad. They were like all built. <laughs> Cheap. Like, oh, it was insane. Like dude, The whole set was like built. There was like a fake hotel with a big pool and everything. And there was some guy like waving like a, like a thing in the pool to make it look like there was trickles and the and stuff, but I had to sing nerves for her live and say this song was for you. And then eventually it was just I couldn't say it properly in Portuguese because north Northside Dublin the accent would come out too much. And he was like, "But it's gas." So eventually it was just like, "How are you, Louise? And this song's for you." And it's just then I sang the song, but it was uh, it was very cool. First little acting job. And it was just, <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I mean, if if you're going to make it big in a country, it's a good country to make it in, isn't it?
1: It's it was amazing over there. You know, people over there as well are just really, really cool, really sound, very, very much so. Like like Irish people, really open, really like just nice. You yeah, know, it, was, uh, it was great. It's just some one of them you never really expect anything. Like nobody ever. I would never expect Brazil to be a place that I could go and gig and stuff, but we ended up doing it. So it's will head back there again, do some gigs.
0: You know? Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> now, you, you also had success on US TV, which is something most Irish artists could only dream about.
1: Yeah, the US one was mad. Yeah, we did Jimmy Kimmel and uh, James Corden, like twice, yeah. and Dancing with the Stars and all that stuff. It was, I was mad. James Corden was great. James Corden's just such a sweet, sweet, sweetheart. He's, he's gas. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I mean, I was over there in Los Angeles in Halloween, I think, I was dressed up as a gingerbread man, just wearing <laughs> bread. Um, <laughs> I, was te- I was texting him, and I was like, Cause he's a lovely fella. I think the Cardline boys were actually in with him Are like they- a week before. Yeah. And um, they uh, heard him listening to Live at Whelan's, and they were chatting to him saying, oh, we know, Gav, you know, good to stay in... Mark, a good mate of mine, and then um, he ended up getting me on the show. And then about two months later, I was in, I was back over in the states, and I had texted him saying, like, "Do you want to come out? I'm dressed up as a gingerbread man. Let's have a few drinks." <laughs> and um, he texted me back saying, "I can't, but like, do you want to come on the show tomorrow?" And I was like, crap yeah." And I had to go home immediately and stop drinking beer and. Go on, the show, but, go on the show the next day
0: but Gavin that's huge I mean it is it is such a massive show and you, were able, to, you were able man. to just text him and get on it
1: yeah it wasn't even part of the plan it was like <laughs> hey do you have a few beers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, lovely lovely fella to be honest it, 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 yeah I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was on the show when I was on it and like Mulder from X-Files and stuff it's just weird it's yeah. one of them things you, you don't really realise you've done it until you do it and then you're on the plane home and you're just like wow that actually happened you know? <laughs>
0: It's mad. But Gavin, was there a knock-on benefit for you from being on those shows? Yeah, I mean, we ended. I ended up doing
1: like a couple of my own um kind of so- sold-out like U.S. tours, and then I can kind of go there now, which is great. It's, it's great to kind of go to places like Denver and like sell out a room in Denver and kind of go and have an have an audience to play for. So it definitely moved the needle in that way. But uh yeah, it's it's, it's mad. It's such a big place. I mean, for America, you really have to you have to be there for. For a long time to kind of crack it, I guess it's it was mad. It was it's just mad to yeah. even talking about it. It was crazy to think that it even happened. Jimmy Kimmel and stuff. It's crazy.
0: It's great though. It's great. Your your second musical choice, Gavin James, is Bob Dylan, The Freewheeling and Dylan's a big influence on you.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, the, the Don't Think Twice is all right. I think I learned how to play guitar, like acoustic guitar, from that record. The way he kind of plays like the country kind of it's on his thumb and he uses his thumb and his uh, index finger or something and the way he plays it is just amazing but that's kind of how I learned how to play certain songs it's a song called Nervous that I have that's very yeah influenced by the way he plays his guitar and stuff but uh yeah it's, it's, he was my favourite yeah definitely Bob Dylan still still to this day like lyrically and everything it's just he's always nail on the head you know
0: I was about to ask you about the lyrics um, because obviously lyrics are, are very important to you
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, um, don't think twice it's alright lyrics. Even the way he rhymes, uh, he rhymes like, he made up a word. Like There's a word in there like, the light I never knowed. He says no, just yeah. to rhyme it with road. He's like, <laughs> yeah. the light I never knowed. Yeah. Ain't no use, turn no, you let, babe. I'm on the dark side of the road. It's yeah. just very clever, like, the way he just plays with words and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I love him. He's, he's doing me a favour,
0: 100%. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Bob Dylan. The choice of today's guest singer songwriter, Gavin James. Gavin, hopefully we're getting towards the end of lockdown, and obviously your year was kind of turned upside down by by COVID. Um, what what what's next for you?
1: I think. Um, well, what's next? I'm kind of. Uh, I'm I'm producing a lot of stuff at home now, so I'm kind of getting used to. I'm learning how to do things that I, I didn't really have a clue about to be honest before. Yeah. <laughs> like um studio, like setting up studio stuff and like kind of recording at home and yeah, I'm kind of. That's the one thing out of lockdown that I've been kind of doing a lot more of that and like cooking bread and stuff but um,
0: then gingerbread oh
1: yeah 100% terrible I won't make bread again (laughs) because I've made the worst bread in the world (laughs) nearly blew up my oven but anyway uh, yeah I've been been kind of doing that a lot writing a lot of songs and uh, I think the start of lockdown I wasn't doing too much and then in the last kind of month or two I've been I've been really writing and really kind of getting into it so I think the album will be very way sooner than later um, yeah. so, it's, so it's that I and mean, then the drive-in shows are going to be fun it's going to be a lot different than anything I think I've ever done so it'll be kind of a, a little bit of a challenge but it would be great fun get people out of the house it be
0: nice I think um, people will like the novelty of it
1: I think so as well you know that's what it is it's kind of like a little stopgap between now and when the gigs kind of come back and um, it, it's a great little... To, it's good as like, people get, get to go back to work and people kind of... It's it's nice to kind of have yeah. something to do, you know. But uh, also, it's great that Atlanta are doing it now as well and, and Hermit the Green and stuff. So it's, it's cool that people are jumping on board with it. But uh, yeah. so it's grand Dad doing that and then the album and then that'll be finished. And then they'll be out next year very early, I'd say. And then loads of songs, really. Yeah, more, the more songs, the better.
0: <laughs> do, do you have time for any other interests or what else are you interested in, Gavin? Oh, just movies. Movies, movies. and uh,
1: all the movies. Yeah, pretty much. I've yeah. been kind of binge-watching everything now. I think I've watched all of Netflix this a <laughs> long time. I think everybody kind of has. <laughs> like, but yeah. uh, other than that, like, it's, it's mostly music, really, to be honest. And yeah. uh, that and a little bit of maybe cooking steaks. I'm kind of into that. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it's mostly music, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, look at it. The, the fact that you've and you've built up such a massive Irish support. I mean, the Three Arena, for instance, that must yeah, have been a was, huge buzz for you.
1: That was amazing. That was um, just February 29th. So I think about three weeks after that, it was kind of everybody, kind of everything went into lockdown. So I was very lucky to kind of get that yeah. gig out with gig done because a lot of people had to cancel the world tours and stuff. And that was the very end of my kind of world tour. So I was very lucky to finish. But um, yeah, that that's that sort of a gig is mad. That's it. When the lights go out and everybody's like, yeah, it's. Yeah incredible, yeah. So that was that was my favourite gig I think ever I've ever ever played. So I was, was I loved it. Well, Class.
0: yeah. I mean, for a, ho- a hometown boy to come back like that is is, is very special. Yeah. Yeah,
1: especially to- when your gap is like right down the road. It's like yeah, know, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: your man. You can see see your man. My dad's very noticeable in the crowd as well. He just did big Santa beard on him, so he's very easy <laughs> to see. Even in the tree arena, I was like, "Where's my dad? There he is." <laughs> I,
0: I'm sure they were very proud as well. Your family.
1: Ah, they they're always they're, my ma My man has been more nervous than I am for mm. all of it so like she 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 loves it so my dad my dad lives it more my dad's more popular than I am <laughs> he's, he's, everybody knows who he is he's a postman we retired he was a postman before but he's uh, yeah. retired now but they all love him but uh, yeah they, they love it to be honest they're very happy uh, and with how everything is
0: when you mention nervousness Gavin would you be ner- I mean it's, I wouldn't expect that you wouldn't be but how nervous would you be before a big show like the 3 Arena
1: like just dying 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 nervous I but, but it, it's same in Wheeling to be honest I'd be the same everywhere to me, like it doesn't really matter where it is. I think support slots, I, I'd be less nervous because if I if I do a craft craft show at a support gig, I could just say my name isn't Gavin James, my name is Rob. <laughs> like, like, um, but like yeah, every gig is kind of the same kind of. And once that goes away, I think I'll. I'll have to have a little thing because yeah. the nervousness is a good thing. I, look, I like being nervous. It means you want to do a good job, I think.
0: Of course. and But does the first song then get rid of it, all of that tension?
1: I think once the music kind of cuts off and then the lights go down, then I walk on and I say the for whatever the first thing that comes into my head over the mic, then it's gone, I think. Yeah. It goes away right after that. Then I just start waffling for about 30 minutes.
0: You <laughs> know. But, well, I really think the world is your oyster. I mean, you've, you've, you're you've such a talented fella that I, 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 I hope it continues to go on the on the upward curve that it's going on for you your, your, uh, your, your final choice Gavin is, is Coldplay A Rush of Blood to the Head it, it's a powerful song maybe not as well known as some of their other songs
1: I think yeah I mean, that whole album was like I mean that album has like The Scientist on it and like The Scientist for me is, is one of the best songs I think, is one of the best songs ever written in my, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's out there with loads of other songs. But uh, even the video is amazing. But Rush built to Head, I mean, they're the, be- the best live band I've ever seen as well. They're my all-time favourite band ever. Yeah. So I think, well, amongst like, I think there are a lot of people, everybody's all-time favourite bands. But um, there's just, every album has been so like hidden, like just out, out of the park and they've always changed with the times and they've always been like relevant with music-wise and they've always like pushed the envelope a bit with everything they've released. So um, yeah. yeah, Coldplay would be one. And his voice is just crazy good.
0: Isn't it? Yeah. I love his voice. Have you ever met him?
1: No. I was in um, I was in London years ago and uh, I was having dinner. I was doing this like songwriting uh, thing and I was just uh, with my mate Fraser and I was just at this little dinner table and it was in this like building somewhere on East London but uh, there was this woman that was making dinner for everybody and uh, there's like uh, 20 people that, in this like kind of block of studios and I was sitting down and I was like can you pass the ketchup and uh, it was Kelly from Stereophonics, yeah. and um all the that uh, band with, without Chris and I was like I didn't even realise it was four, like <laughs> four minutes and I was like oh <laughs> my god I just freaked Yes. I freaked out like completely, but uh, I met the band. They were all lovely. They're
0: yeah. all lovely. Well, I've no doubt it'll happen one day. We'll look, we'll, we'll play out with Coldplay. And Gavin, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. You're a great fella. Continued success to you. Thanks a million. Uh,
1: thanks so much.
0: But cheers. Desert Island Discs on RTE Radio One.